Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Our tour around the NFL will continue. Our preview of the AFC South with the Titans and Jaguars comes up in a matter of minutes. OutKick 360 underway, hour number two. 6th and Peabody, our location each day. If you're listening across the OutKick network, Happy Friday to you if you're viewing this. We certainly appreciate that. We hope you'll subscribe. And you can view us live, streaming live, each day now at OutKick.com, right at the top of the page. The crew is all here. The 6th NP Grand Prix taking place today ahead of the Music City Grand Prix, which uh, is, of course, the IndyCar Series in town. Uh, they have been very gracious with our show throughout the week. Big thanks to uh, Will Power and Scott Dixon for swinging by for in-studio visits with us this week. We will have a miniature race here. We've got the trikes behind us, these these bikes, these tricycles, these adult size. These are roughly $160 each. And um, we'll see how many are left whenever the race ends. Already Collisions got, are going to happen. We've already got, one, uh, already got one racer ducking me. Uh, Albert Hainsworth had to had to call. He's going to be here. He'll be here. He's with going us. to be kind of master of ceremonies of it. But he had to back out of the actual race portion because of, of I think a, a back issue coming in. So, look, I mean, I guess people saw my speed in that trial run and they said, <laughs> I don't want any part of that. Or person saw it. It's really going to be uh, Sleepy Danny truly screwed up to not win because if you start in first, there's no reason you shouldn't win. Do you start in a line? You, like, I mean, it's it's narrow enough where you you It'll basically have to two. start in a line. You could kind of stagger. You know, you could start sort of right at someone's back tire, and then be right there even with that and start. But you got to kind of go in in line when you start. Maybe maybe two by two. We'll figure it out. I'm looking forward to it. Albert will be here, uh, scheduled to be with us in about 20 minutes. So we look forward to that. And again, we're going to talk Titans and uh, Jags coming up. Uh, Chad, you wanted to uh, continue the Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray discussion. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, we, we asked Jay Cutler about this same issue, and he said it's very clear that they don't believe in his work ethic. said that we know why they put that in there. They think he's playing video games all week, that he's leaving, that he's there at the facility when he has to be, and he leaves and he's putting no extra work into the game plan. This is another sign that I think Cliff Kingsbury, while he believes Kyler Murray is very talented, Someone tweeted me and said, well, didn't Kingsbury kick Rosen to the curb and bring him in? Because that's his guy, right? And what's the problem? Well, yeah. Three years deep now. You could bring him in saying this guy is way more talented. Well, Steve and Kime I can, did. Cliff Kingsbury was hired the same year they kicked Rosen to the curb. Yeah. Well, but the, the Cardinals, the Cardinals bring Rosen. him in. Yes, but my point being, even if that's the case, and they are tied at the hip, I could think from the outside – Boy, this guy's more talented than the guy we have here. I've got a better chance of success with his skill set, his ability to run, everything else. That's perfectly reasonable, and Kyler Murray is a better quarterback, right? But he doesn't believe in him. I mean, Hutton, you've, you've knocked on Kingsbury's game plan, and it didn't look good. 
we don't know what Kyler Murray knew about the game plan or not based on what the Cardinals think about it. I mean, there's point being, I don't know who's right or wrong. There's mudslinging going back and forth, and even if it's thinly veiled. Well, now look, here's an example. If Mike Vrabel came in and Taylor Lewan shook his head on a play call in practice, and he said, hey, here's the headset. You call it, big boy. You know, for an example, that's a rapport they have with a guy established on the team. If I felt that way about Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and there wasn't this huge story about his study clause and his contract, I would think the exact same thing. I wouldn't think twice about it. They're joking around. He waved them off, and he said, okay, you come and call it then. And then he went over and tried to do his coach's job for a while. But given the history, given the major story of the study clause, there's something seriously up with those two and what they think about each other. Well, it's going. It, this is after the big extension. Um, you know, Kingsbury, whether or not he believes in him is a mute point, given the fact that he just signed an extension through 2027, and then the team just executed a big contract extension for Kyler Murray. So they're, they're married to each other, whether they want to be or not. They both signed up for it, not once but twice. And Kyler Murray's the former number one overall pick. At times, he can play this Houdini act, and he looks phenomenal. You know, the Heisman Trophy winner in him comes out. First seven, eight, first six and a half games of last season. Top record in the league, and he was putting on a show. And then the second half of the season was the exact opposite. And that playoff loss, um, it can be on a quarterback for a while, but at some, t- at some point, the Ken Wisenhunt version of a game plan comes out where if a guy's getting lit up in the first half and you do nothing about it in the third and fourth quarter when you're trying to get back in it and win a playoff game, that's on coaching. Coaching If you do not make the adjustment to your already horrible game plan of not mass protecting against Aaron Donald and that defensive front, that's not Kyler Murray. That's on Cliff Kingsbury to put that offensive game plan together. Uh, That that game may very well be on Cliff Kingsbury, but if I'm going to point a culprit out and say this guy's great the first six games of the season and he falls off a cliff, no pun intended, the back half of the season or the end, that kind of lends into the idea that he's great early when there's not a lot of tape on him and his teammates and the team, and then he falls off as the season goes on because he's not preparing to the same level. One of those contracts is a lot easier. And that's what Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime are saying in this contract. One of those contracts is a lot easier to swallow than the other. Kingsbury doesn't make Murray money. But if you were to fire Kingsbury to stick with Murray, the guy you hire has to have a lot of the same offensive thinking as Kingsbury. Maybe a different personality, but a lot of the same mindset in how to use Kyler Murray. Well, and I don't even know if it's the same. Like, if Cliff Kingsbury is actually a good NFL coach, which we still don't know about at all, I mean, he wasn't a great college coach. We should know about He was a good offensive coach, but offensive coordinator. If you're a good NFL offensive coach, you make it work with a great quarterback. And if Kyler Murray's a talented quarterback, you fit a system around your quarterback and you make it work. So they both got that, that would be on Cliff Kingsbury if it's that. But my point is even the greatest NFL minds and offensive minds wouldn't be able to make it work with someone they feel like isn't all in with what they're doing or isn't all in on preparing for the game. The guy who consistently gets off the hook is the guy responsible for making the two of them work together is Kime. Kime, who survived some bad stuff previous well, to both of them. Here is, uh, here's Cliff Kingsbury um, discussing having Kyler Murray 
radio in the play call to send a message. Ain't easy, you know. <laughs> like every now and then, someone's shaking his head when I'm calling him in there. I'm like, all right, well, go ahead, big dog, you know. Um, no, I think anytime we can keep him involved, and he was coaching him up like right to the last second, like while they're trying to throw, he'd be saying stuff. So I uh, probably won't do that again. You, so there, there's Cliff Kingsbury discussing it. I would be shaking off some of the play calls and the playoff loss too, um, based on what we witnessed against the Rams which was not good. Murray wasn't great, but Kingsbury was worse in that game. I'll just say this. I think well, Murray was terrible for nine games through the end of the season. Oh, so was Cliff Kingsbury's team, which would uh, lead the, the, the division in penalties and get backed up 15 yards, 10 yards, fumble the football with turnovers. I mean, it, it, was, not, it was not a well-organized Yeah, I'd like to see franchise. if there's a clause in Cliff Kingsbury's contract about his preparation We've talked away about, from the uh, facility yeah. also. We've talked a lot about A.J. Brown's inability to let, it go, let go of the Titans trade and move on. I think Murray and Kingsbury are the same way. And this is on Khan. Khan needs to sit him down and say, hey, let's clean slate this thing and start moving forward. Well, it's on Kingsbury. I mean, at that part of it, if there's really this big riff and they can't get along, then Kingsbury is the head coach. He needs to take his quarterback into his office and say, we're going to sit here and figure this out, and we're going to get along, and we're going to work together in a way that's going to help this team. I agree, but the GM can help facilitate that. Well, and I've heard some knock the, the, the offensive style in the system, like more college-based. That's where the NFL the NFL's gravitating to more and more of the college system. The Titans just drafted Malik Willis. Uh, that, that's a prime example of where their offense is headed in the future. Uh, Lamar Jackson won an MVP doing this. And the media was crowning Kyler Murray halfway through the season last year doing this. So the offense can work. They, they put on a, a show at Nissan Stadium to begin last season. I don't know what they do now without Hopkins in the lineup to begin the first six games of the season. They bring in Hollywood Brown. They have talent uh, at, at tight end. They should get better at running back as well. But, you know, this is Murray becoming the franchise guy. And what was going to be a franchise prove-it year, he gets his money now instead of after this year. And so does, so does Kingsbury. They have a little bit of security there on the length of the contract. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts at OutKick360. Uh, let, let's preview the rest of the AFC South. And then uh, Albert Hainsworth will join us live on site here at 6th and Peabody. Let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We saw them last night. Trevor Lawrence not playing. I'm watching um, and, and thinking about what development we've seen from Lawrence, who gets a pass last year and what was just a disastrous year behind the scenes with Urban Meyer um, and, and how everything unfolded. Now he's paired with Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, who we haven't seen coach since 2020, but the man has a damn statue in Philadelphia outside their stadium uh, for their Super Bowl win. So expectations should be high for Trevor Lawrence now and what Peterson can bring, where whether or not we believe that's exactly who they wanted to begin with as their head coach, this can be a great pairing for Trevor Lawrence if they lean into what made Lawrence great his junior year of college at Clemson. I think he's a terrific coach for, for a guy that needs a terrific coach right now. Um, they spent money on some some offensive line and on particularly Christian Kirk. All the focus was on Lawrence with their additions. Yeah, I don't think their additions are as good as some of the additions other teams made, and I think they overpaid for some people. This is traditional Jaguars uh, 
uh, kind of personnel acquisitions. But they worked it, and, yeah. and they tried hard. They get back Travis Etienne, um, who missed all, all of last year, who's a, who's a good back, looks to be a good NFL back, who can do things on third down and, and line up, uh, you know, split out. Um, who's, who's interesting. They, they're going to be better just on the subtraction of Urban Meyer and the division that, that there was in that locker room and the, the divide. Uh, I mean, they were pretty united, really, as a team against their coach, but that's not the unity that you want from a team. Um, it's on Trevor Lawrence, who should be the best quarterback in the division, should be the most gifted yes. quarterback in the division. Yes. Um, that should get you somewhere. That should get you some wins in the division. And they're actually, they're over-under isn't as bad as you expect. I don't know, but it's five and a half, six and a half. I think that's about um, right, though. But that, that, would show, that would show improvement, quite frankly. I mean, because one, one of their three wins last year was the final game of the regular season against Indy. Well, and also and they, can, they can have an influence chat over who wins the division for sure. Yeah, and the only offseason big time move that really wasn't based around helping out Trevor Lawrence was the number one overall pick in Trayvon Walker. But you put Walker and Josh Allen on opposite sides of each other, they've got something growing from a personnel perspective on defense. I'm putting them as a candidate for biggest jump, especially offensively. I'm thinking about Brian Dable with, with, uh, you know, with, with the situation in, with the Giants. Is he really going to help Daniel Jones that much? I don't think so. Obviously, Russell Wilson to Denver with yep. an offensive-minded head coach, not Vic Fangio. Now you bring in Nathaniel Hackett. That's going to be a big offensive jump. But I think the Jags could be right there simply because they were at the bottom. They were in a pit a year ago under Urban Meyer and having really no semblance of an idea of what they were trying to accomplish offensively. Doug Peterson's a legit NFL offensive coach. He's the head coach. He's a former quarterback. If I'm looking for a candidate that could have that, not I'm not going to call it a breakthrough because he's a number one overall pick and he's been compared to Andrew Luck and some of the best prospects to come out of college. And Trevor Lawrence, it's not a breakthrough, but it's it's the it's the step up that's needed. It's a giant leap offensively where this is not a playoff team, but we finished the year thinking, okay, that's the Trevor Lawrence we saw at Clemson. That's the guy everyone was gushing about throughout his college career, and this is why it makes sense to hire an offensive-minded head coach for your young quarterback. It doesn't feel like a lock, though. It doesn't. There was enough breakage of him last year in how messy it was. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I come into this season with some doubts. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and I didn't have any doubts about them coming out of Clemson. So that's how much damage they did last year. I mean, I think they averaged like 13 points a game or something Which last year. Her- horrific. Yeah, maybe a, a tad more, but it wasn't much. I mean, it was bottom barrel. And it is very difficult, very difficult to go back-to-back years in the NFL with the number one overall pick. They've done it. Mission accomplished. Congratulations, Jacksonville. You've really done done it. it. You've arrived. Back-to-back years, number one pick. Great job, guys. Good work. They should have a a very fast defense. They replaced Miles Jack with Devin Lloyd in the draft as well. So, I mean, this this should be a young, up-and-coming team, and it starts with Trevor Lawrence. This is a big year. I know it's year one with this staff. This is a big year for him. And he, towards the end of last year, became more vocal about the situation. You know, I, I thought he handled himself very well throughout all of that turmoil, as crazy as it was behind the scenes. And then towards the end, after Urban Meyer, and he, he was talking a little bit about distractions when Urban Meyer was still employed. But towards the back end of the season and discussing what needs to be next, I thought he he set the tone whenever he was behind a microphone, even though he wasn't demanding anything. He knows he's the franchise. 
Um, and no one has ha has been more hyped. He was more hyped than, than Andrew Luck because the difference between those two is Trevor Lawrence has been hyped since high school to now. He was the undisputed top recruit and the undisputed number one overall pick a year and a half before he was. And won a national championship. The yeah. only element of the Luck deal that I would say would put him on par in terms of height coming out was the fact that he was Peyton Manning's direct successor in Indy. So it was this passing of the torch. You go from Peyton Manning to the, this next great prospect, similar to Peyton Manning, when he came out of Tennessee. With Trevor Lawrence, it was more of, boy, Trevor Lawrence can save the Jacksonville franchise that is so destitute. This is the guy to come in and make it happen. Yeah. Uh, so there was a little bit of difference where there was a successful franchise that Luck was heading to, taking over for a legendary quarterback, where everyone believed in Trevor Lawrence, but he was more, let's get this thing going out of thin air now that I'm here. Well, but the, the difference was, why did Urban Meyer decide to come back now? He's had other offers. Yeah. The storyline was, because Trevor Lawrence is available with the number one overall pick. So it's, it's time for him to become that guy with Doug Peterson. The Tennessee Titans, a prove-it year for, for uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. We, we know that. We won't know that, though. We won't have that answer, guys, until January. We fully expect them to be back. Derrick Henry is back. They have made additions and the biggest subtraction in A.J. Brown, uh, but they get Traylon Burks in, who has been and has had a very good start to training camp number one. Uh, they bring in Austin Hooper at tight end. They lose Roger Saffold at guard, as well as Jack Rabbit Jenkins at corner. But honestly, they should get an upgrade there based on their draft picks and what they've done with Roger McCreary and the fact that we're finally going to see, it looks to, we assume we're going to see a healthy Farley by the time the regular season rolls around. Yeah, things have changed a little bit now. I mean, everything's been great out there. I've been out there every day. You've been out there about half the time. They've looked very good. Uh, it's time to get into the competition level. The Cardinals, uh, they play the Ravens next week. The Cardinals will be in the week after that before a home game. Um, some things have started to turn a little bit. I think Caleb Farley's leveled off. He's starting to get beat. Um, today he had a, a period where he got beat by both Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks. Burks dropped the deep ball that, that he had him against. Then Farley made a good play in the back of the end zone to, to push a guy out, keep him from scoring a, a two-minute drive winning touchdown. Um, and uh, we're finally starting to see change. Nicholas petit Frere maybe worked with the first-team offense in a two-minute period over Dylan Radins. That's a competitive spot, and we're finally starting to see the second guy get his chance. <coughs> So some things that are up in the air, we're starting to see things. Look, every time, the Titans always have some flux at wide receiver. And they, they've looked good. Robert Woods off the ACL has looked good. Traylon Burks off an uncertain offseason has looked good. <clears throat> Racy McMath is getting behind people and looking good. Kyle Phillips, the rookie slot, is looking good. Every year, I start to get convinced about things, and then they don't pan out. So there's cause for enthusiasm right now. Let's see it against Baltimore. Let's see it against uh, the Cardinals and the Bucks. Let's see it carry into the into the real games. I'm not ready to say the Titans have the explosivity that they had with A.J. Brown, and that's the biggest loss they've had in some time on offense in terms of the dynamic that they don't have on offense that they have. I'm not sure that I'm willing to count Petit Freire battling with Dylan Radens as a win for the Titans organization given the back-to-back -back years well, of Isaiah Wilson and Dylan Radens. Uh, that's two straight years. You went high. 
on a, on a right tackle. They're going the wrong way, too. A first, a second, a third. Completely <laughs> swung and missed on both. So that that's not necessarily a good thing. It may be good for Petit Frere. If Robert Woods was coming in under normal circumstances where they didn't trade away A.J. Brown, we would be talking about the Titans wide receiver core like, goodness, never had weapons like this. Robert Woods was good for the Rams. Yes, he got injured, but he could be a difference maker. Then you got A.J. Brown. This is going to be great. Now the fact that Robert Woods has the pressure of taking A.J. Brown's spot, a lot of his production, it feels a lot different for, for the team, right, and the, the prospects of that happening. Um, but I, I look at them, and I still feel like from a regular season perspective, I like them as much as anyone. I, I like what I know about them as much as anyone. It's a defense that's going to be top five in the league that's going to improve. Um, I really like where they are right now. We talked about the Colts yesterday. They're going to challenge in the AFC South. But other than those couple factors of the unknown of Burks and what he's going to bring to the table once real games start happening, and Robert Woods replacing those two guys, replacing the production of A.J. Brown, I love the Titans this year. And this should, again, be a defensive team. The pass rush is back intact. Bud Dupree is going to play a full season here after last year was shaky coming off the ACL with young corners who are promising whether Farley is there or not. They drafted Roger McCreary in the second round out of Auburn. He doesn't have the long arms and all of that, but he has success against some very good SEC receivers, including Burks. The the Bucs two years ago when they won the Super Bowl won it with veteran pass rush. They won the Super Bowl on the, on the veteran pass rush with young corners. And this team on defense looks a lot like that team. That, I mean, I, I think the Titans have the chance to be the top defense in the NFL. If Caleb Farley is who they say he is, and they, they were a number. Healthy, and I'm, I, I judge caveat. defense on scoring, not on these yards. Yeah. So the top two defense, and I mean, the, the point here is this still goes back to Ryan Tannehill and the offense in the playoffs for them to reach the pinnacle of where the expectations are now. Defense is going to be tremendous. Buffalo had the top defense in the league last year. They were boat raced defensively by Kansas City in the playoffs. Uh, Kansas City's defense was too. Point being, when you're in the postseason, your offense has to go toe-to-toe with the best quarterbacks in the AFC, period. And that's where You're going to get yours offensively in the postseason. And there's always that one game where your guy has to step up at quarterback. Tannehill has not done that. The last three playoffs loss, uh, losses, he has not done that. It's all well documented, but that's what this season comes down to. Uh, aside from health and everything, and even despite that, they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. By the way, New England had the number two scoring defense in the NFL last year. They were boat raced in the playoffs by Buffalo. So the, you can have these scoring defenses that allow 17 points a game during the regular season. And when it comes time for the postseason, the best quarterbacks are locked in. Tannehill's got to be one of those guys. Because if he's not, he's out of here. And based on what we've seen, they're bringing in another veteran right now, more so than they are developing a guy that's right now number three quarterback to be the guy a year from now. There, there is a big gap to get to that answer, but Tannehill holds the answer, and really. I, I'm not as positive as you guys are that if they go, if they win one and lose in the second round of the playoffs, that unless it's a Brady scenario, that they think that they can find a veteran that's better than Tannehill. And, and while I think Robinson and Vrabel are certainly driven to go further, franchise-wise, if they consistently go two, deep, two rounds deep in the playoffs, given the context of this franchise and the money that'll bring in and stuff, it's, it's not failure. 
it's not the success that they want, but it's not failure for this for this franchise. They're going uh, to – people will figure out how to shut down Derrick Henry in the playoffs, and it's going to fall on Tannehill, and there's no way he's going to win four games in a row in the playoffs. Got Albert Hainsworth coming up later in the show. There's another element to the Tannehill offense that they must get back to um, that Downing went completely away from. Maybe it was based on necessity, based on personnel, but the the passing game that to me there's a key aspect in the success fail rate of 2022 that needs to be more like 2020, regardless of AJ Brown here or not. And there's a key area to watch for, not in the preseason, but once you start getting going in September, it will be greatly analyzed, especially right here on the show. Albert Hainsworth is next. We are just a little over 30 minutes away from the 6th NP Grand Prix. Withrow maybe nervous to begin the, the practice run earlier today, but not nervous now well, what's because the draw? he won. He won the heat earlier today. What's the draw for the starting spots? That seems to me to be crucial. I think that we probably just put whoever in the first spot that they want to win here at 6th and Peabody, and then we'll just see how it shakes out. He'll start out. last. Yeah. And the other three guys don't want to win? Well, I think given my the speed of my run earlier, they may need to just dock me some time. I may need to start 20 seconds after everyone else. Much like I try uh, to lap everybody. Last year's Music City Grand Prix, Erickson crashed on the first race, on the first and lap, then and then won. Well, we there, had, there will be some wrecks today. We had some patrons around turn one <laughs> that were just screaming now at me and Sleepy Danny, faster, 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 as we were going through, and uh, we were not bringing it to the level they wanted. VFL we and will Titans great. Albert Hainsworth joins us next to now kick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Now kick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody. The 6th and P Grand Prix. Benefiting Best Buddies of Tennessee takes place in uh, just over 30 minutes from now. We'll drop the green flag. Been a fun show on this Friday edition. We've got the 360 drink, our special drink that you can order uh, here at the bar at 6th and Peabody. Chad, uh, our next guest, Albert Hainsworth, I'm sure he abides by this rule as well. Your first rule whenever you receive the 360. Well, I need the camera on me right now for this, and I'll explain it to our radio audience. When (laughs) When a man is handed... A cocktail. If there's a straw in that cocktail, you remove said straw and you throw it the hell away. Let me come. Because men don't drink out of straws because you got to sip like so. It's a very refreshing. Oh, it's drink. very. It's a, a blackberry margarita, but it's the Outkick 360. That's how you do it, right now, there. Now I've come to abide by this rule, and I agree with it. But given the circumstances here, if you'll yeah. show me, mm-hmm. yeah, <clears throat> we have a lot of stuff around us, including a lot of electronics. And so I'm drinking uh, here in a way where I can get around <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that's that's okay. You're trying to save and your expensive equipment. Yeah, and okay. deal with my equipment. I'm okay with that. Without wetting anything. I'm okay with that. Albert, your thoughts on the straw rule? No straw. Yeah, no, my man. Definitely no straw. My man. Yes. See, he gets Never. it. Absolutely. He, he understands. I'm on board. He good to see you, man. How are you? You look I'm great. I'm good. I'm good. You look Thanks. great. I'm glad Thank to you see you looking healthy and uh, looks like you feel well. Oh, yeah. So I feel great. Uh, 
you know, I get my walks in in the morning and stuff. So I got like a little little walk today because we went out to the Titans practice. I uh, mean, and Key. Yeah, I didn't see you out there. I heard you were out there. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we had Sarah Walsh on, and she meant, she mentioned seeing you and Keith. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Sarah, you know, Sarah's my old uh, uh, radio host from back in the Bellevue Mall days. <laughs> <laughs> like for real, so he came out a blast in the past. What were your impressions of the Titans watching practice today? You didn't really get to watch much, you know. Yeah. You know, one thing that we were kind of commenting on is uh, they look they're smaller. Like the the guys, the team is, is smaller than what it. Uh, well, let's give an example. What did you play at uh, defensive tackle? Uh, I was, I guess, six. Well, six seven, three fifty. So well, Jeff's gonna play now at three oh five, right? Simmons is three oh five. Wow, wow. They have really slimmed down. He is big, Jeff. Think about that. Yeah. Big Al. He's Big Jeff. That's a 45-pound playing weight difference. Yeah, like literally. I'm I'm about 305 right now. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's that's crazy. That's crazy, that that size. And then, you know, a lot of guys, are, they're just like lean. The offensive lineman, the, yeah. you know, D-line. It's, it's strange. I'm Is sure it, you're asked about Jeff virtually everywhere you go, one of the first questions, because same same position and people mm-hmm. are looking at him uh, including me as the most influential defensive interior guy they've had since you what are, nope. what are your impressions of him three years I'll, in? i think he's gonna be great uh if he can if they can really just let him loose and uh let him start getting off the ball and uh you know stop doing all the like the twist and turn unless it's uh you know unless it's a uh you know to get to the quarterback like uh you know like the games that we used to run with uh with jim washburn so we can do that and just let him take off that plow and let him go. Uh, he could be very, very dominant. Dominant. Albert, um, I, I don't know why, but I thought of you in our conversation from the Outkick the Tailgate show uh, back in the fall. Whenever I read the report, because we were complaining about how long the investigation was taking place at Tennessee, and whenever I saw that they found that that Pruitt and the staff and and his wife. Everything added up to around $60,000. I was stunned that it was only $60,000. If you're going to go in. Go big. Don't you go big. Well, and, and Tennessee found seven of the 18 major violations. The NCAA didn't find them. Tennessee, in their investigation, found them and turned those over right. to go from 11 to 18. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, $60,000, I mean, that's a lot of McDonald bags. I mean, <laughs> you know, but, like, I mean, I guess the question is, did it – I didn't think it was going to work. Um, but if the NCAA comes back and says, hey, time spent, what you've already penalized yourself is enough right. based on your cooperation, and they don't have to pay buyouts to Jeremy Pruitt and his staff, I, did it work, this, you, this cooperating with the NCAA? You don't think they're going to pay the buyout? I mean, they, they may pay some of it. There could, be a, so. there could be some sort of a settlement in it. I think that's why they found seven of the violations. They're trying to show they fired him with cause, but, and, and, I'll and they say, dug up more stuff. If they yeah. go with this stance, Albert, of the NCAA is going to throw the book at the coach and the perpetrator and not the program and the future of that program, let's say Jeremy Pruitt, he may get a 10-year show cause. He may not be able to coach in college sports for 10 years. If that happens, you would have to be a pretty bad lawyer on Tennessee's behalf to not prove cause and yeah. not to get them to yeah. not pay the buyout yeah. at all, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, I mean, for them, uh, I mean, with that, yeah, they, they already moved on and everything. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking maybe the uh, maybe the NCA might do something stronger because, you know, they don't have any power anymore. 
you know, and this is a chance like, hey, we still got our power. Or it could be the other way around, like, hey, we're just going to relax because we're already losing our power and we don't want to get kicked out further out of the league. So you were a guy who wasn't af- afraid to get in a little scuffle at practice or mm-hmm. training camp from time to time. Absolutely. Trevor Penning, rookie offensive tackle from Northern Iowa for the New Orleans Saints, started three consecutive fights on three consecutive days before getting kicked out of practice. He was drafted in part because of the, the hard edge he plays with, that he's got a chip on his shoulder. And his teammates apparently love him yeah. for that reason. Yeah. What do you think about that? When you hear rookie coming in, three straight days, three straight, days, three straight fights, kicked out of practice. Do you like that? I mean, did he start it? Or, or is he just he, like... He, he was the only one kicked out of practice after day three. The other guy he was fighting with did not get booted. But Dennis Allen kicked him out. But you know what? Like, he's, he's sticking up for himself. You know, that's what it is. Like, you want, you want somebody to stick up for yourself because that's why you want to go out to battle with. You know, if he just, like, lay down and let people do him dirty then you know like how can you really respect that guy you know when you would like him there. if he were a teammate if he if a guy came in and, and did that and but you, would, you, respect too. you yeah. would also be the guy egging him on to get him <laughs> to <laughs> oh i'm gonna I'm mix it up with him too i mean i'm not gonna let i wouldn't let a rookie like do me <laughs> in of course not like were yeah. there days where you would come out to practice and be like uh, I'm, I'm gonna fight today no so no. it had it had to it take was, place. It was always organic. organic. It's authentic. Yeah, it's organic. It always, yeah, it always has to be some something that uh, somebody would do. Like I don't, I don't, I don't come out to fight, but I'm going to, like I'm not just going to be like bullied either. Yeah. Or, or you know, or, or pushed around. So if I felt like it was a little dirty or, or, or a little extra, then I'm going to show you. Well, plus the defensive yeah. line with Wash, uh, and I mean, oh, yeah. there was no eighty percent. I mean, with with Vandenbosch, you. I mean, you guys were going at it. Mm-hmm. You weren't getting around the quarterback. You were smart about that, but you guys would get after it with that offensive line, with everyone from Benji to Roos and everyone in between. Yeah, I mean, you got it. You got to mix it up. You got to like, you know, like, you know, put your dominance, like show your dominance over them and over any offensive lineman. And then, you know, you can say like, oh, that's that's horrible at practice, but that made them better. Because when they got when they got on the field against another defense line, they destroyed them. You know, they 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 made them quit. You know, so like that's so our practice was, was like that. It was it was was great because it helped us both better on the field because there was like nothing they hadn't seen. Um, you know, like playing against us, me, and uh, when they go out, there's like you know, hey, this would be an easy job. You know. Yeah. Titans rookie Traylon Burke was it OTAs or minicamp? He showed up for. What's the phrase? Oh, to OTA OTAs. Oh, the beginning. OTA, camp was yeah. at the oh, end. when he first arrived. Yeah, Traylon Burke shows rookie, up. Rookie, rookie camp. First. Rookie yeah. camp, OTAs, and Many he's camp. completely out of shape. He can't finish drills while he's out there. He's come back since in much better shape, and, and he's been fine. Would that be a cause for concern for you if it's a first-round guy coming in and can't finish drills right off the bat, or do you not care as long as he's ready to come camp? As long as he's ready for the season. That's all I care about. Like, who cares if he didn't finish his drills like there? I mean, he also has asthma or something. I saw. Yeah. Right. So I mean, that flare up at Tennessee here with the with the um, allergies and things. I mean, it could mess you up. So hey, as long as he's going out on the field to compete, I mean, he has a very very big job to do as far as you know taking over from AJ Brown. How quickly could you get yourself in shape for a season? What was the most out of shape you ever showed up for, for for a training camp, and how quickly did you get yourself in playing shape? Um, really, you know, 
Really, it would be honestly, it would be when I'm was with the team. You know, when when I when I do uh, workouts for the team, you know, you got to do that. Uh, you know, you're doing like how many ever? Let's say about fifty or sixty workouts. Like that was the worst because that wasn't football shape. You know, the stuff that we did. That's why I started training by myself and actually doing football drills. And that's when you saw like me. Everybody was like, "Oh, he's been holding back for money." Blah blah blah. No, I went and started training my uh, with a trainer. And it's just doing straight defensive tackle things. And so, like, my burst, my, my, my like, just speed and, and power, you know, that's where it came in because I was putting it all together. So, you know, like, when you're running, when you're running, like, 100-yard uh, sprints and, like, when, when am I ever running 100 <laughs> yards? Yeah. You know, like, ever. Like, how, when, when am I ever running, like, 60 yards? So you're doing, like, a... 100 of those and I mean everybody's doing the same thing you know DBs the running backs they might just run longer but we're running you know running things it didn't make any sense so that's why I had to go off and uh, get trained train myself Albert Hainsworth our guest uh, it, it's not hard to hype up teams in the SEC every year no matter what happened the previous year but it is a layup in terms of expectation and how to set the the bar for this Tennessee group this year, based on what we saw offensively, um, the fact that they have Hendon Hooker back, Tillman back, and I mean, I would hope that they can get better defensively. If they can get two or three more stops mm-hmm. defensively, yeah, they can really take a step forward. Where where are your expectations as we sit here in the preseason and they've just started camp? You know, it's, it's hard because uh, yeah, we got a, a lot of great young guys that that's came in, but how much can they really contribute? You know, how much are they really going to be a star? You know, like how often do you see like Jamal Lewis? You know, like his yeah. rookie, you know, or his freshman year. You know, I mean, like things like that. So it's, it's going to be hard to see. And I've I've been thinking like I'm hoping maybe nine games this year. Uh, I mean, I hear a lot of people say seven maybe eight but I, I'm gonna say nine that's where I am I'm yeah. on nine and if they reach 10 for the first time since what 2007 really yeah, yeah it's been Two, that long 2007 since they, they got to nine twice been, I had the same reaction they got to nine twice with Butch Jones yeah yeah it's been a while but if they get to 10 and, and Heupel's second year with I mean to me if they're they're at 10 Hooker is in the Heisman race yeah, if they sure. get to 10. Oh yeah. Where are yeah. you on the fake injury to slow down the offense thing and how do you police it? How can you police it? Like like maybe like maybe uh, have the guy that injured he has to stay out three or four plays or something like I that. I think it's just an automatic three play. Like you know yeah. if you're injured you got to sit out three plays if it happens twice it's five. But, I, yeah, you can't you can't you can't uh, you can't penalize them. But, like, I think to make that player stay out longer, I mean, I think that, that'll change it. And uh, you can't, like, charge a time, and there's not charge a timeout, you know, for it. So, yeah, three, five plays, but that's that's part of the game. We, we did it, you know, when a, when a team would, like, go hurry up and we're not getting the calls in. Yeah, there was a sign that said, uh, like, uh, they go down. You know, it was like an upside-down timeout. And that was... That's what you do. The banana pill sign. <laughs> Slipped on a banana pill. How do you, how do you know which player was going to take the dive? It's going to be a defensive lineman. 
Yeah, you know, we're, we're obviously not that important. But you couldn't avoid you had, you had to avoid also the two guys going down at once, which we saw a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Where two guys Their hit turn. the deck. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-two and two went down at the same time, and yeah. it was clear that someone with a two was supposed to have an injury on yeah. the play. Yeah, you just like you look at it, you like oh, and then you like you just get up, you like ah, oh. just like you know so stretch good. it out and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't want two. I love the out. upside down timeout. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, coming up, we have the 6th and P Grand Prix. Albert uh, is going to stick around and be a part of the festivities. We've got the mascots, T-Rack from the Tennessee Titans. The Nashville Sounds uh, booster, the rooster, is here as well. I hope they can fit into these things. Uh, Plus, we have the master distiller and the brewer here on site at uh, 6th and Peabody that is uh, going to participate in the race as well. Um, Initially, it was going to be Chad and Albert in the race as well. That, could that still happen, Chad, or is this you're going to help us call? we got to talk to Preston. Uh, we're talking about the T-Rack being here. Yeah. Maybe right. better on and the tricycle. And uh, Al- Albert has been recruited we'll to be the, uh, the flag bearer here. We've got the, we've got the green that. flag uh, coming up. We're about 15 minutes away from that. Albert Hainsworth with us on site. We're going to continue the conversation with him. Glad you're with us as well for Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are live from 6th and Peabody coming up in just over 10 minutes, the 6th and P Grand Prix, all to benefit Best Buddies of Tennessee. And uh, that's the the Southeast region as well. They do a great job uh, helping out those uh, who are intellectual and developmental uh, challenged uh, with disabilities. They help them uh, with uh, relationships, finding a friend, certain jobs to connect them with and then certain events they can help out with within the community bestbuddies.org is the website there's also a qr code we've been showing on the screen you can scan that and help out such a great nonprofit organization that's what we're doing today a portion of all of the proceeds for all the tastings of uh, old smoky moonshine and yeehaw beer going back to best buddies and their great organization. Terrific organization, and they do a great job. So happy to, to help them throughout the day, and Sixth and Peabody doing terrific work to make sure uh, that they're helping such a good cause with Best really Buddies. Great. And uh, I've got some uh, uh, relatively sad breaking news. I have been big time from the race by T-Rack. Uh, T-Rack yeah. came in, didn't know he was going to be in, and there he uh, is. I'm out. T-Rack's in. Uh, he tends to do that. There he it is. is. He's known for big-timing people Boo. in races and destroying conveyor belts uh, yep. at Kroger. Um, he can do that as well on care, care, uh, care of caravan events. Uh, we got Booster here from the Sounds as well participating. It's my be money's a fun on event. Booster. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> got all my money on Booster. I'm I got you, buddy. Disappointed. I got you, buddy. My we, money's on Booster. The appeal process is underway for the Watson and NFL back and forth, which is now in front of the arbitrator. Uh, we've got but the uh, Harvey is his last name, Peter Harvey. Um, and the NFLPA tweeted that they filed their brief appeal about this. So we've got this process Started. going. Who knows how long it takes? The league said uh, they don't have a timetable, but they know it needs to be expeditious. 
Yes. And that you've got Stefanski with the Browns saying recently over the last 24 hours, like, Look, I'm in a, he, he admitted he's like, I'm in a situation where Watson has not played in over a year, so I've got to get him reps within the offense and make sure he's ready whenever he can play. Because if he goes through, just if, let's just take it for what it is right now. The six-game suspension goes into effect the week of Labor Day. And he cannot be back at the facility or around the team until the, uh, the Monday after week three. From there, he can be in meetings but cannot practice until the six weeks is up. So it's a, it's a bit of a, a weird stretch here for coaching to get their guys ready because he's got to get Brissett ready for the six games as it sits right now. And he also doesn't know if Watson's coming back in week seven or if he's done for the year. All of that's to be determined, but he's still trying to get as many reps as possible for both guys. I think I read something, and I should have pinned it down more precisely, but there's a scenario even if this goes to court and freezes everything that the Browns might hold him out for those six games, like to get time served. Yeah, I think I think that's right because he's going to miss Knowing at least six games because they weren't, six. they're not appealing the six games. Right. So if it's upheld, it's at least six games. He's not getting yeah. less than six I, I, games. I see what so you're saying. get the six get games it out of the way. over with. If there's more, hopefully they would know by the end of those six games. They're probably going to know before the beginning of those six games. Yes, they'll know before. Coming up, more headlines, and we race. The 6th and P Grand Prix will take place right here on Outkick 360. And live at 6th and Peabody, another go. hour. We've got college football that. and NFL headlines, too. Hope you'll join us for the final hour going into the weekend. T-Rex going down. 360 Go. on the Outkick Network. Hang with us.